Sponsored by Just Eat. Woo! Tap into Ireland's leading food ordering app. Just Eat. Find your flavour. On McDermott on 2FM. With Transport for Ireland. Plan your journey door to door with our free TFI Journey Planner app. Yeah, let's just... We're live, Stephanie. Oh, hello and welcome to Thursday. <laughs> I am Stephanie filling in for Owen uh, with just some live music here. Lovely music. It is this week's Sound of the Nation. Stephanie Prizer's here. You might have gauged from that beautiful musical interlude. What a gift that was. Thank you. Your official title, as I have written down, screenwriter, author and broadcaster. Do you want to add anything to that? Singer. Okay, too late. Move on. <laughs> Uh, also, Gary Gannon, we welcome back to the show. Member of the Social Democrats, elected member of Dublin City Council, representing Dublin's North Inner City. Um, let's jump into this this first chair question. Facebook turns 15 years old this week. It's very exciting times, or is it? What has Facebook ever done for us? Um, so the New York Times, in, in honour, I suppose, inverted commas, of Facebook's uh, impending birthday, they, uh, they did a spoof friendship anniversary video for Chief Exec Mark Zuckerberg and they detailed the slew of controversies that have engulfed the company since its foundation in 2004 and um, here's to another 15 years of privacy invasion Russian interference violence social division revenge porn disinformation election tampering stalling regulation and hate speech is Facebook that bad? yes okay Stephanie the floor is yours I think it is that bad it's horrendous I hate how how dependent people have become on it how they will you know vehemently defend it and say that it keeps them in touch with their friends abroad as though there aren't mobile phones and text messages and a million other ways to keep in touch with people Um, it's dangerous it is pervasive and it's toxic I mean I don't think you're meant to be in touch with the girl you sat next to in second class who pulled your hair and went too hard on your blue crayons And, (laughs) and I'm friends with her for 15 years on Facebook no thank you like, what is the benefit of Facebook? Gary? Well, for me, it'll be somewhere in between. It's not perfect, but I think since the dawn of time, since man started scribing on tablets or since we invented the printing press, there have been people weary of forms of communication. I think Facebook presents us with challenges, many of which the New York Times captured. But these are not new phenomenon. You know, election... Well... Well, come on. Throw them at me. Which one? Which one is a new phenomenon? Election tampering? I would t- well, I, well, one thing that hadn't come, come to, uh, I guess, come to the fore before the Trump election was this like the whole Cambridge Analytica scandal this idea of a mass manipulation uh, of people based if you were in the 1500s you'd probably say the same thing when Luther nailed these treaties to the church in, Witten, in Wittenberg or whatever that was people have been always using forms of communication as a way of manipulating or uh, attempting to manipulate or generating consent or generating confusion I think it's more yeah. about it being disingenuous to gather people's data in seemingly True. innocuous ways and then and then weaponising it against them. Absolutely, the weaponisation of data is certainly a problem, but then it's also you can withdraw from that. Like what Facebook has cost people versus what it gives us, is it worth it? I mean, because what it gives us can be done in other ways, like Stephanie says. I also feel like people, a lot of people that I talk about Facebook to, they don't actually enjoy they get actually kind of a little bit depressed when they see things scrolling on Facebook. They're comparing themselves to like other mothers or other people who are doing more weights yeah. at the gym. That people actually don't get a lot 
of the positive stuff out of Facebook. It's like a toxic relationship that they're stuck in, but they don't realise it. There's always been a projection of kind of elevate who you are as a person. Facebook yeah, but it, it used to follow you home, though, into your well, living room at night scrolling different in different ways. Bed. You were getting a newspaper and you were seeing what other people were buying. You were getting a magazine and being given all sorts of commercial advertisements. Facebook, I definitely think, has accelerated that. I definitely think people are projecting an image of themselves that's probably not based in reality. But there's also a lot of nice aspects to it too. You, you, might but you can't permanently delete your Facebook account. No, you can I only can still sign back in. Like yeah. that's mental. Yeah, I still have my Bebo account from 15 years. But it's years like ago. it's like trying to get out of Europe. It's like <laughs> let me get out of Facebook, and you Do, just it, can't. Like, but does privacy mean anything anymore? Of course it does. It doesn't. It seems not to. It's it like does. nah, and I don't think people understand the full. You know, it's put like there's a little font and a little emoji and a little Im- like icon and it goes yeah. on your phone and it all seems real innocent. And it's actually like the power that Facebook is wielding over people is scary and they don't realise it. I think Facebook is just magnified an issue that has already been there. Whether that's manipulation of, of people's information, whether it's privacy, whether what we're talking about Russian interference now is the red scare in the bed again. All of these issues existed before Facebook. Um, okay, well, we got to leave that there. Uh, Facebook, are you wishing it a happy birthday, Stephanie? No, absolutely not. Gary? Absolutely, yeah. Why not? Okay, why not? Me loads. Right, let's move on. We're going to talk about Liam Neeson after this. It's Sound of the Nation. Woo! Do it! This is 2FM. All right, so we're back. It's this week's Sound of the Nation. We're here with Gary Gannon and Stephanie Preisner. Let's move on to Liam Neeson. Now, a lot has been said about this this week. People have probably heard many arguments back and forward. Uh, he did, if you were living under a rock he did an interview with the independent newspaper in the UK uh, he said a friend of his had been had been violently raped it was a very nasty story 40 years ago he said he inquired uh, after the man's characteristics his skin colour transpired he was black and then he said he went out looking for a black man any black man to uh, inflict violence upon he's been accused of being racist he himself said he was horrified with his own thoughts after he came back down from an emotional state and he sought uh, help and he was ashamed of his feelings um, and it came in a misplaced medieval want to defend his friend how do we feel about Liam Neeson it's pretty 50-50 split in terms of he's a horrible man he should be cancelled and maybe a grudging admiration for the fact that he gave offered up this information it wasn't a gotcha moment and he said he was ashamed how do we feel ladies first I have a real difficulty with cancelled culture, to be honest, Um, because I think that stopping someone from saying something, saying they did something, is not the same as stopping them from doing it. And if we start berating people and cancelling people for saying that they did something, they're just going to not say it. They're not going to stop doing it. Like, he's not going to stop having the thoughts like uh, that are in response to his friend's trauma. So what's going to happen is that Liam Neeson and people who have similar experiences are just not going to say it anymore because of this backlash. And then someone will say it and this whole pool of people who have been thinking it and not speaking it will follow them. I think it's dangerous. I think it's also important to hold people to account for the words. I I don't think there was any... I don't think there was anything positive to be attributed to Liam Neeson for what he said recently. And it's also be pointed out that he did say while promoting a, vil- a film about a timid, a supposedly timid man whose friend was attacked and then goes out seeking revenge. I think context is very important. I don't think it would be a really low bar if you were to say that, well, he's not starting a conversation and isn't this great? It absolutely isn't. I think it played into the idea of a racial stereotype of Stephanie Hoyle. His friend's trauma became about his revenge. I think it was an awful 
common to make. I definitely think it plays into realities that are experienced by people of colour every single day and have been for generations. I don't necessarily want to cancel cancel, cancel who he is, but I certainly wouldn't want to go to see his film if that's how he decides that he want, wishes to promote it. And that's not to say, I don't actually assume that Liam Neeson, I don't know, but, you know, based on the last 40 years, there's never been rumblings that he's gone around and discriminated against people based on, you know, attributes, sex, race, etc. But that thought was certainly a racist thought. I think his unwillingness to go, I had this thought, it was racist. I was horrified with myself. Is that not exactly what he said afterwards? No, he no, he, he he refused to acknowledge that the thought was racist. He He's danced around that and he's that. never kind of said, this was a racist thought that I experienced. He said, I had this thing, it was wrong. I'm not racist. Yeah, I think talking about race is something that we are all terrified of like even here now the three of us being white people you know commenting this I'm like oh god you know this we have to be very careful what we say I think that like racism as a talking point is something that we are just still very uncomfortable talking about and it's a tricky situation Mm. I don't I don't agree with Liam Neeson I think yes it was a racist thought but I think that the broader issue of cancelling culture which is like you have said something which offends me therefore I'm boycotting your film boycotting your life and you should go and live under a rock in shame forever is you know the court of public opinion is a dangerous place to be sure but Liam Neeson also was forming this Liam Neeson was the person who came out and apparently spoke frankly on the Me Too movement now he's speaking frankly on the issue of kind of racial fear and stereotyping and also taking over his friend's trauma and making it about his revenge so he does have forming somebody who's been speaking on these issues which he's putting he's ploughing into which don't really affect him or probably somebody who looks like him I don't think it's about cancelling who he is. Can- I don't think it's about cancel culture. I actually think it's about holding people to account for their words, holding people to account for their actions. And again, this is not. This is actually not a low bar. Somebody expression an idea of racial based violence or even gender based violence. This is something that they should be held to account for. Um, uh, would you go see his film? I Seven. don't like his films. I don't like him. Okay. So, but not because of this, Gary. No, I won't be going to see that film. Okay. Right, we're going to do one more song. It's based around weddings. Let's do a bit of Bruno Mars, Marry You, and we're back with the guys after this. This is 2F. Bruno Mars, Marry You. Final story for Sound of the Nation. We're going to make it quick. Um, Right, a bride-to-be has sparked a huge debate. She asked guests to pay €205 to secure a place at her wedding, and then it got worse. One of the wedding guests, the bride's sister-in-law, took to the internet for advice after she received her invite to the big day she said the bride-to-be had included details on the invitations asking guests to pay 180 quid or 205 euro to secure a place at the wedding Um, they had even included bank details so guests could pay the fee as they RSVP'd Um, how would you feel if you got a request like this I I don't go to weddings I think it's absolutely ridiculous you decide to like get married to the person you love and I'm dealt a summons a wedding invitation is a summons in your front door you're down like just by being invited you have to give something it is alright Ebenezer no no, I think it is it's a summons like you're down money just by being invited and I think it's absolutely ridiculous I think it's gas the absolute neck but it's kind of funny and 
I just I wouldn't probably go to that wedding. I'd probably make me. I'd probably come up with an excuse not to go to that wedding out of the short neck of it. But it's all part of the culture. I mean, I mean, how is this different from somebody putting a wish list of presents that you can That's choose? A, I to actually buy didn't them. mind um, this. I was going like, if this had ah, been the it, neck, uh, like if because people are going to pay for gifts that maybe you don't uh, want, or maybe there's a duplication, or maybe they'll put cash. Mm-hmm. If you go, no gifts required. Everyone just pay like for a ticket. In essence, it covers the cost <laughs> of the wedding, and we all have a great night and go home happy. You don't have to the 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 thing you don't have to go out shopping you don't yeah. have to check with other people what they're getting go to the itinerary have they got a toaster I'll get them with something you know I was like grand but like, if this, you're upfront about it this idea that you have to pay to go to a wedding like no other parties do you do you have to pay if you're invited you gotta to? pay to go to a concert this is somebody this is a party yeah, it's, it's not different. a concert it's an expensive ass party I just think the idea actually is not so radical that it I would be I think a, it's the front I think it's the fact that they actually went down and I think in the terms of the Irish psyche we're a bit nervous and people actually ask you directly for money the idea that somebody actually put down here's the expectation for you to come to this wedding the neck the neck of you like and I think that's I think it's hilarious but I probably would find me a way of not going to that because it just seems like there's a little bit of a do we up themselves now for my liking when was the last wedding you went to Stephanie I don't I only go to family weddings that you've I have never to go been to, to a wedding uh, I haven't been to a wedding as an adult no which if, if I get married will you come to my wedding absolutely not if why I, did I go if, to your if wedding if I pay I don't even know you that well you do a whip round <laughs> everyone puts in two euros so you're, you're, you're subsidised so you don't have to buy anything it's not we'll about that we'll get your that. outfit like why would so say I go to your wedding say we are really good friends so we I go to your wedding I don't know any of your other friends I'm sitting looking at you at a top table at a table with people I don't know I don't drink people are getting progressively more drunk and gross versions of themselves there's rock the boat and turkey that's been sitting on a tray all day people it's just Fine. not a nice situation will you come to my wedding Gert? Uh, absolutely and I'm I a huge fan of rock the boat and leftover turkey <laughs> I'll take you for lunch as a celebration okay so you guys wouldn't pay to go to a wedding no not if there was an expectation for me to do so but I would have done it anyway okay fair enough I wouldn't go to a wedding anyway Stephanie Prizer and Gary Gadget it's been a pleasure quick plug you got 10 seconds Oh, I don't have a plug. Oh, I have a Twitter page at uh, one Gary Gannon, and I'm also using Instagram now, but I can't remember what the hashtag is of it. Well, find it on Twitter, and it'll be there. I'm on Instagram, Stephanie Prisner, and my book is out in May. I'll plug it then. Love you, bye. Here we go. 